0: You're listening to
1: PetLiferadio.com. It's Thursday, April 26th, 2012. Canine Nation is a regular feature column that runs on the Life is a Human online magazine. Life is a Human features articles about what it means to be human the good, the bad, and the enlightening. This column explores what it means to be human in our relationship with dogs. You can find it at lifeisahuman.com. To get directly to Canine Nation, go to caninenation.lifeisahuman.com. A complete archive of all the Canine Nation articles can be found there. Hi, I'm Eric Brad. Canine Nation is about learning, understanding, and living successfully with our dogs. Modern animal training techniques based on behavioral science can produce amazing results in working with our dogs. Whether your dog is a loved family member or a working dog, a canine athlete, or a trusted companion, positive training techniques based on science can help you enjoy a more productive and fun relationship with your dog. Join us as we explore the many facets of living with our dogs and taking a fresh look at how we work with them. Whether it's taking a closer look at everyday issues we share with our dogs, or busting long-standing myths about training and dog behavior, I hope you find something useful in each of the Canine Nation articles. We're glad you're with us. Sit, stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well,
0: four to be exact. Petco, where the pets go Choose from over 100,000 titles. To get this great deal, go to AudibleDeals.com. That's AudibleDeals.com.
1: Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Dog training and or what comes next. I train my dogs using behavioral science. That means that my training is based on a simple principle that B.F. Skinner put forward over 50 years ago. Consequence dictates behavior. Whatever happens after my dog performs a behavior will influence whether she is more or less likely to offer that behavior again. The science of operant conditioning defines this as a reinforcing, more likely, or a punishing, less likely, consequence to her actions. But there is a bit more complexity to this simple equation. What exactly was it that I did after my dog performed the behavior? The simplest question to ask is did I add something to the situation or did I take something away? For example, I could have added a food treat to the situation for my dog to eat or I could have taken away my attention from her. Operant conditioning calls these situations positive for adding something and negative for taking something away. So combining how the consequences occurred after the behavior with whether the behavior became more or less likely to happen again, we end up with four different combinations. Positive reinforcement – adding something to make a behavior more likely. Negative reinforcement – removing something to make a behavior more likely. Positive punishment – adding something to make a behavior less likely. And negative reinforcement. Removing something to make a behavior less likely. It's important to remember that determining whether something is reinforcing or punishing, that is, makes the behavior more or less likely, requires us to observe what actually happens with that behavior over time. It has nothing to do with your intention as a trainer. If you give your dog a treat every time she sits, and she is sitting less and less, then the treat is actually punishing the sit behavior because it is becoming less likely over time. It has nothing to do with my intention to punish my dog in the usual sense. Here's the interesting thing. You can look at any dog training method and see which form of operant conditioning is being employed to make the behavior work. When you watch your favorite TV dog trainer, watch to see what's going on. Does he add something or remove something in a given situation? Does the targeted behavior increase or does it decrease as a result of the trainer's actions? This will tell you whether the technique is reinforcing or punishing to the behavior and whether the trainer's consequences were positive by adding something or negative by removing something. Try it and see for yourself what's going on from an operant conditioning perspective. Your local obedience trainer may give a tug at the leash when the dog strays too far from the heel position. What bit of operant conditioning is at work here? Positive punishment. When the dog does something other than heel, They add the tug at the leash. Over time, the dog will start to avoid the behaviors that get the tug. Adding the tug has decreased any behavior other than the correct heel position. And that's just one application of operant conditioning to a dog training scenario. Can you think of others? All training will fit into one of the quadrants of the operant conditioning model. Trainers who use timeouts are using negative punishment, for example. By removing the dog's freedom to interact with them in order to diminish an unwanted behavior, they are using negative punishment. First, determine if something is being added or taken away, and then observe if the target behavior becomes more likely or less likely over time. Dog training isn't such a mystery after all. In thinking about all of this, I came across an interesting phenomenon. If we think of the behavior we are asking for, how do we determine what the consequence will be? As trainers, it is always our decision what the consequence will be. So, I wonder what the trainer's inner voice is saying when asking for the behavior. I think that's an important question. Do what I ask, and this will happen. Do what I ask, or this will happen. It doesn't sound like much of a distinction. The small differences between and and or seem almost like a simple semantic choice, but it speaks to a much more important mindset. Think about it. Almost naturally the mind seems to fill in the blanks. Do what I ask and you will get this. Do what I ask or else. One seems like a natural offer, while the other sounds like a natural threat. Compared to humans, our dogs have very limited reasoning capabilities. That said, they have demonstrated extraordinary abilities to recognize our signals and remember the consequences of their actions. Science has proven that dogs can remember a cue that you have given them for up to 20 minutes, and that they are capable of learning upwards of 200 different verbal cues. And this is to say nothing of the hundreds of visual cues they watch for and react to every day in our homes. Here's a question to ponder. Do our dogs learn anything about us in the process? This is where that and-or thing comes back into the discussion. When we give them a cue or command... Are we making them an offer, and, or are we implying a threat, or else? And does this affect the way they approach their lives with us? I think that it does matter. Our relationship with our dog can have a profound effect on not just his response to our cues and commands, but also to his behavior in our everyday life. Think about it. How would you feel if your life was full of do-it-or-else choices? I know I'd be pretty cranky most of the time. At the very least, I don't think I would have much to look forward to every day. Do this for me and you will get something for your efforts. Now that seems like a much better deal to me than do it or else. I much prefer a cooperative relationship with my dogs. I just find that things work out better that way for me. I like playing agility with my dog, and I want a dog that eagerly anticipates another chance to go and play that game with me. I can't imagine telling my dog to go jump or else. I can imagine that in a short time, my dog would be as worried about what might happen if they missed the jump as they did about what might happen if they did it successfully. This and or phrasing gets to our inner dialogue as well. How we think about working with our dog can affect our attitude towards them. If I offer my dog something for his efforts and he doesn't do it, oh well, he lost out on the deal, I guess. However, if I tell him to do it or else and he doesn't do it, Now I'm sort of on the hook to follow through with that consequence. My experience with our dogs in the past 10 years tells me that the cooperative approach is much less stressful than the old confrontational approach we used to use. Helping our dogs understand that there is a payoff for working with us has given us enthusiastic and happy dogs. That just wasn't true before. Did we get results? Of course we did, but they weren't nearly as satisfying. Until next time. Have fun with your dogs. I hope you enjoyed this edition of Canine Nation. You can find the text version of it at caninenation.lifeisahuman.com. You can join our discussion about dogs and dog training on Facebook. Just search for Canine Nation to get to our group. You can ask for membership, and we'll add you to our growing family. If you can spread the word about the podcast or link to our caninenation.lifeisahuman.com page, we would certainly appreciate it. That's it for now. Thanks for listening.
0: Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Introducing the new Brett Michaels Pets Rock Collection, exclusively at PetSmart. I created it for the pets that rock your world. Shop the Brett Michaels Pets Rock Collection and celebrate PetSmart's 25th anniversary with up to 25% off thousands of items on the PetSmart site. Plus free shipping on orders of $49 or more. Go to PetSmartDeal.com. That's PetSmartDeal.com.
1: P-E-T-S-M-A-R-T-D-E-A-L.com.